Well, uh, tonight uh, we're beginning this series called I'm In. And tonight we're going to start by talking about the topic of prayer. Many times uh, when other people, uh, family members of ours, or maybe other pastors that I know across the country, when people are asking me, hey, Robbie, tell me about New Hope. Tell me about what's going on at New Hope. Tell me about what God's doing, how, you know, what, what's happening in the people's lives. Many times when people ask me that, there are a couple of words that I use to describe our church family. And one of the top two or three words that I like to use, because it's true about you guys, is hungry. What a joy it is to be a part of a church family with so many hungry people. What a joy it is each week to share God's word. What a privilege it is for me to look at those faces out in this room tonight and see people who are hungry to know and to follow the Lord and just to know His word and His will for their lives. And I think there are probably two types of hungry people that I find in our church family. First of all, there's a person who hasn't been involved as in church, hasn't been as involved in church before coming here. And maybe that person would say, you know what, I'm coming not knowing much about a relationship with God, but I'm really excited, I want to learn, I want to find out God's direction for my life, and I want to grow in my relationship with Him. I also find that there are people who come to us who are hungry, and they say, you know what, I do have some experience in church. I have been involved in church previously, but, but maybe that person would say, you know, I had a bad experience, or, or I tried church, but it seemed like it was just man-made stuff, or a bunch of just, you know, not seeking God, but a lot of extra stuff. And you know what, I'm really glad to be in a place, hopefully they could say, where now it's just all about God and seeking Him and growing in my relationship with Him. Again, like I said, what a joy it is, no matter who it is. Brand new, never been a part of church before, or whether you've been a part of church your whole life, what a joy it is to be a part of a group of hungry people. But I do want to give a caution tonight. If we are not careful, even though being hungry is a great attitude, and though we would certainly not mean for that to take a wrong direction in our lives, it might surprise you to hear that that hunger can become a backdoor type of selfishness or a backdoor entry to a self-focus. Now, what do I mean by that? The new person could say, wow, I'm looking forward to getting started with my spiritual walk. The person who has a little bit more experience might say, wow, now I can finally move forward with God's plan for my life. And even though they didn't mean to, what starts out so great can become a subtle step towards a self-focus in our lives. Even in our relationship with God. Isn't that odd? Isn't it crazy how we can get sideways so many times? Even how subtle the enemy can be? When we start out in a good direction, but it can end up in a not-so-great direction. But one of the things that you're going to learn pretty quickly, if you're hungry for God, if you are a follower of Jesus, is that whatever God's plan is for your life, it is not going to be all about you. That was the way we used to live, right? That was me. What does B.C. mean? That was me before Christ. Before Christ, I was focused on me, and look where that got me. Amen? So over the next few weeks, we're going to take the focus off of me and my life, 
And we're going to explore some of what God has called us to do together as a church family. And we're going to start that out by talking about this. That I'm saying, that you are saying to our church family, that we realize that walking with Jesus is not all about me. And that we're saying to one another, you can count on me, I am in, I'm a partner with the rest of you. And here are some of the things that you can count on me to be about. And the first one we're going to talk about tonight is that I'm a partner for prayer. And we're talking about the things that God wants us to do together as a church family that you would say to your church family, church family, you can count on me. I'm in with you together. We are going to be a place of prayer. And I want to start that out tonight by first of all talking about the importance, the critical importance of prayer and God's work or in God's uh, work in our lives together here as a church family. As we think about that, there are really, really three critical passages of Scripture that I want to share with you tonight that we have to look at if we're thinking about uh, this area of our spiritual walk. And the first one is in Mark chapter 11, verse 17. In Mark 11, verse 17, the Bible says that Jesus began to teach and say to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But he said to those folks who he was speaking with right there, he says, But you have made it a robber's den. Now I got to tell you, as a pastor, now listen, as a pastor, given the responsibility to being a part of helping to lead God's work as his servant, I got to tell you that these verses are never far from my mind. Can I tell you that? Okay, but I got to share this with you, that if you are a part of the body of Christ, they should never be very far from your heart and mind as well about what God would have us to be a part together. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, he was walking here on this earth, he walked into the temple. Now the temple was supposed to be, we know now today, the temple is who? It's not what, it's us, right? God all along wanted to live in us. He wanted to shine through us. But he started out that work. He knows that we kind of need some, you know, some baby steps. And so people call it progressive revelation. He, over time, he, he sort of showed himself, okay? He showed us this, he showed us that. And the ultimate was what he's doing in our life now today through Christ. But as he began to, uh, to unfold for us what his plan was, he gave us that physical building called the temple among the Jewish people, and it was supposed to be a place where God's presence dwelt physically among his people, and it was supposed to be the place where people would come and seek him and where God's message would go out to his people and to all peoples across the world. That was the purpose that God had for that place called the temple. But instead, when Jesus, when God himself came to visit his temple, he says that he found a bunch of thieves and crooks hiding out and taking advantage of people. Now, what what does he say in these verses? It says he entered the temple and he began to drive out those who were buying and selling in the temple Okay, so there was exchanges going on, business happening. Basically, there was a lot of tourism, okay? A lot of people were in for AmeriCade, and they were coming. Okay, during this... Uh, they didn't have AmeriCade. Did y'all pick up on that? All right. Okay. A lot of people were coming to town during this time, and as they were, they were taking advantage of this by, by just basically, hey, we can sell some kind of tourist attraction stuff here. 
some souvenirs. And so there was buying and selling happening in the temple. And Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers. There were people coming from different areas of the, uh, from the surrounding areas. And they had different currencies. And so the people in God's house said, well, we can take advantage of this. And we can kind of extort these people. They're stuck. They have to pay uh, in this currency, this temple currency. And so we'll make them exchange their money. And we'll do it at a high rate so we can make a lot of money off of them. That was in God's house. He says he, he, turned, he overturned the seats of those who were selling doves. They had to make sacrifices when they came to the temple. Well, guess what? When you came to the temple, they would say, oh, oh, unfortunately, your sacrifice is not a good one. But right over here, we've got a very good specimen for you. And by the way, you have to buy ours. Again, people were coming to God's house... And they were being extorted for their money. And Jesus says, you know what? That's not what my house is supposed to be about. In fact, far from that, he said, listen, that was the, that was the major contrast, the extreme contrast. He said, no, but actually what it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a place where people could come and seek God. It was supposed to be a place of prayer. God, listen, gives us a purpose statement for anywhere he dwells. Anywhere God dwells is supposed to be a house of prayer. Wow, amen. That's a big statement. Okay, then listen, we got another one. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, it says, First of all, then... I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving, those are all just different kind of multicolored words. Those are different words that are just all used to describe the act of prayer. He says, first of all, then, Paul saying to Timothy, a young pastor, I urge that those prayers be made on behalf of all men. Now, that becomes even more significant. Write down 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. In 1 Timothy 3, verses 14 and 15, the Apostle Paul said that one of the purposes that he had in writing to young Timothy, the pastor, was to teach him as a young pastor how God's people ought to act in God's house, the church. He says, here's what we ought to be doing. You know, isn't that a great thing for us to know? We get together a lot, don't we? We do a lot of stuff. Wouldn't you like to know that we're not just going through the motions? Wouldn't you like to know we're not just doing religious activity? Haven't we had enough of that in our lives? Amen? So how do we know what God wants us to do? Listen, he says, first of all, and actually this can be translated, of primary importance, if you want to know what God's people are supposed to be doing in God's house, in God's family, he says, first of all, this must happen. Prayers must be going up on behalf of all men. Wow, that is an incredible statement again, isn't it? That sounds like another purpose statement. God is giving us his instructions for what we ought to be doing together as a church family. And he says, first of all, we have to make sure. If we don't do anything else, we've got to start with what? Prayer. Then write down Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47. 
In Acts chapter 2, verse 40, I'm going to read this quickly because there's a lot going on here. But this is the record. This is kind of a summary of the early church getting started. And it says, In Peter's preaching, and with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved, be rescued from this perverse generation, from this messed up world. Be saved by Jesus Christ. Then in verse 41, So then those who had received his word and were saved, they were baptized, and that way they were at, that day they were added about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people got saved. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Verse 42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many signs and wonders were taking place to the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Now that sounds like a church I want to be a part of. Amen? In fact, I want to encourage you to go back and look at those verses. We need to pray that God would help us to be a church like that. If we didn't have a picture of the early church, wouldn't you say, I wonder what it was like in those early days? Wouldn't you say that? When you say, I bet it was cool in the early days when the church was just getting started. I bet that was great to see when God's given us that picture. And that's the dream we have here for New Hope. But notice in verse 42, he says they were continually devoting themselves to some things. One of the things, one of the primary things that the early church, when they were just getting started in infancy, in its purity, when it was first getting started... The Bible says they were continually devoting themselves to seeking God together. Man, I hope you're beginning to get, I hope we're beginning to get the picture. God's desire is for us. Pastor Robbie, New Hope family, you can count me in. This is what we will make sure if we miss, we're going to miss a lot of things, amen? But we better not miss that we should be praying together. Okay, so the Bible tells us that of all the things we're to do together, prayer is critical. But I want to think about some of the ways that we do that here in our church family. I want to talk to you about opportunities for praying like that at New Hope. Right, Colossians 4 verse 2 says this. Colossians 4 verse 2 instructs us, the Apostle Paul says, Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to this. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Okay, in that passage, when Paul says devote yourselves to prayer, he says this is something you should stick to. You should continually be on something all the time. That's how the Bible describes how we as a body should be approaching prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but many times when I think about abstract concepts, okay, in that first uh, part of the message, we were talking about, okay, you get the idea that prayer is what? Important. Amen? Okay, so I got the point. Amen? Prayer is important. But have you ever said to yourself, okay, I know I need to be involved. There's something that needs to happen, but I don't know what? How to live it out. Okay, so that's what I want to talk about. How are we seeking as a body? If you are saying here tonight, okay, God, I hear what you're saying. I want to be a part of what you are doing in my church family. I want to share with you some of the ways that we're trying to live that out at New Hope. 
And as I do that, I also want to ask you to ask the Lord, which of these is a way that you can show to your church family, I'm in. You can count on me. Lord, this is a way. Now listen, here's the thing that we do many times when we're thinking spiritually. We think to ourselves, I can't do everything, therefore I won't do anything. Right? Many times we think of that. It's just overwhelming sometimes. Listen, nobody can do everything, but all of us can do what? Something. What can you do? Here's some of the ways. I want you to, on your uh, sermon notes tonight, I want you to write this down. Here's how our church family is seeking to be devoted to prayer. First of all, by praying for one page of our church directory every week. Listen, I, I, I believe, God's put on our hearts as your pastors, that, that if we would catch on to this vision that in base camp we've been talking about, One day a week, praying for your church family. If you just said, one day a week, I'm going to take one page of our church directory, which, by the way, we're going to be updating that for base camp. We're going to be sharing that with you. You can take, you can look at the picture, you can look at the address, you can send an encouragement card, you can tell somebody you're praying for them. But as you have that in your hands, you can say, you know what? Little by little, week by week, me and my church family, we're praying for one another. Secondly, what about being on the decision team at the end of the worship service? This year, think about this. We want to be a house of prayer, amen? Do you think there are a lot of people that God's speaking to at the end of the worship service? Do you think there may be more people that some, than sometimes come forward? Maybe you think, you know what, the service is almost over, and Pastor Robbie's talking with someone else. We want to train some other people to be available at the front or around the building. Maybe somebody says, I don't want to come forward, I don't want people to see me. Maybe we'd have people along the walls, amen? And you could just say, hey, I want somebody to pray for me. Wouldn't that be cool for you to be a part of? Hey, I'm a lady over here. Any lady that needs prayer. Hey, I'm a guy over here. Uh, Any guy that needs prayer, come. I'd be glad to pray for you. That's starting to look like a house of prayer, amen? How about our Wednesday night growth group? We all need to be in a growth group. Maybe you'd like to be in a growth group that we have devoted to a focus on prayer. We have one every Wednesday night. They get together, they study about prayer, and they practice prayer together. What about being a missionary prayer partner? You know, there are missionaries that our church family supports. And you could say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it upon myself that I'm going to adopt this missionary. And I'm going to get on their prayer list. And I'm going to get on their newsletter list. And I'm going to reach out to them periodically. I'm going to let them know I'm praying for them. That, that they're not forgotten. If they're halfway across the state or if they're halfway across the world... I'm going to be their missionary prayer partner. I'm going to pray regularly for them. I'm going to pray specifically for them. And I'm going to make a significant impact in their ministry. How about an outreach prayer team? You ever heard of that before? An outreach prayer team. Let me, let me, give, you an idea. Let me give you some idea of what I'm talking about there. How about a booth at the county fair? Wouldn't that be cool? Listen, a booth at the county fair that says, Need prayer. Wouldn't that be cool at the Washington County Fair? I heard about a church that did this a few years ago, and ever since I've heard that, I've wanted to do it. Is God speaking to you about being that person? It would be very simple to take a table, put a cloth over it, put a poster in front of it, and just say, need prayer. And how many people do you think, in the course of the thousands of people that come to the Washington County Fair, that would stop by and say, hey, would you pray for me? Wouldn't that be fun? Amen? You meet a lot of people. And make a lot of difference in somebody's life. How about this? How about praying through the phone book? Now wait. 
Isn't this kind of cool? Listen to this. How about let's take the phone, but let's say we've got a group of people that come together, maybe, uh, you know, every so often they come together, they take a page of the phone book, they say, we're just going to call people, we're just going to start with A, we're going to go down through there, we're going to call people, and just going to say, hey, this is New Hope Community Church, we really believe in the power of prayer, we care about our community, we were just wondering, how are things going in your life, and could we pray for you? You think I might use that? Amen? That's starting to sound like a church that's what? Devoted to prayer, this taking prayer seriously. How about praying for our weekly prayer sheet? Maybe you just say, hey, uh, I want to, in my growth group, uh, they're handing out that prayer sheet, and I'm just going to take it upon myself. I'm not going to do the one page per week out of our directory. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take weekly, I'm going to keep up with what's going on in our church family. I'm going to get that from the church office or in my growth group, and I'm going to commit to pray each week for those requests. You know, we also do that online. Has anybody ever seen that? Our online prayer request? You ever seen that? You know what's cool about the online prayer request? I love this. The online prayer request, when you pray for it, you can mark, I prayed for this, and it tells that person how many times they've been prayed for. Isn't that cool? I just love to pray for them so I can click on there and say, number eight, and I pray for them the next day, click on there, number nine, and I pray for them again, click on again, number ten, and that person's encouraged, Amen. Look at how many people are praying for me. How about being a prayer leader in your growth group? You say, Pastor, I don't know about being a leader of any kind. Hey, all we're saying is every group that you get in as you're studying God's Word, listen, isn't it easy to get into studying God's Word and before you know it, the group is over and you had not said a prayer yet? You ever been like that? Okay, you're digging into God's Word. We want one person in each group that will say, hey, first of all, I'm bringing that prayer sheet so that we all get that in our group. And, and, and I'm going to make sure to, to tell that teacher, like Pastor Robbie, because I know he'll keep going if I don't raise my hand, I'm going to make sure about 15 minutes before our group is over to lift up my hand and say, let's don't forget to pray. Isn't that person important? Hey, how about this? Did you know we have a 24-hour prayer line? Did you know that? Probably many of you don't know that. You could be on a prayer line where when someone any time of the day, any place, can call and have prayer immediately. By the way, if you're interested in any of those, you say, I don't, I don't know how to do that. That's what those communication cards are. You just say, hey, I'm interested. I, I'd like for somebody, and somebody will follow up with you about that. But here's what I want you to do, and this is between you and the Lord. I want you to take, in your, in your worship guide where you just took those notes, I want you to look at those things I've just shared, and I want you to say, hey, I'm in, my church family can count on me. Here, listen, I can't do everything, amen? I can't promise you that I'm going to do all those things, that I can take care of all those needs, but I want to be a part of making sure that my church family, you can count on me, I'm in for this. And you're not turning that into anybody, that's just between you and the Lord. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about is this. We talked about the importance of prayer. We talked about how our church family is trying to live that out. But the last thing I want to talk to you about is our personal prayer lives. I've just given you many of the opportunities of prayer for prayer that we have together as a church family. Praise God. Some of you say, I didn't even know that. Amen? I thank God. For the many ways we have to pray, and we want that to grow. But listen to me. What I'm about to share with you right now 
is probably the most critical prayer commitment that we all need to make together to one another today. Are you listening? Okay, you pray about, you take your, you take your uh, sermon notes there and you pray about how God would have you to be actively involved and in participating in prayer. I'm in, okay? You can count on me. But this, of all the things we're going to talk about tonight, is the most critical. What we really need, if we're going to be a place of prayer, is a, is a church family full of people, first of all, who walk with God throughout the day, every day, and who spend some time every day in undivided attention and focus on God. Okay, and again, it's something we talked about at base camp. Listen, there are two primary aspects to our, to our personal prayer life. The first one is never stop praying. Write down 1 Thessalonians 5.17. That's what it says. The Bible says we should never stop praying. Now listen, what that's talking about this, is this. Our goal, at, I'm, I'm just talking about you and your spiritual walk, Our goal, my goal, your goal should be that I can grow to the point that I have a daily, ongoing, moment-by-moment conversation where I start the conversation in the morning and it never stops all day. Amen? Now, is anybody pulling that off perfectly? No. But, But just so you know, that's our goal. Okay, so that's one aspect of your personal prayer life. Galatians 5, verse 16, and several other verses refer to to that in another way. The Bible talks about that as being led by the Spirit, as walking in the Spirit, okay? So one key aspect of your personal prayer life is communicating with God, starting the day, communicating with Him, and never stopping the conversation until you drift off to sleep at night. Okay, that's a key aspect. The second thing is, is to spend devoted time with God every day. Now listen, what I'm talking about here is a time in your day when you're not moving. When you're not walking. Listen, Americans, when you're not multitasking. This is a time when you're still, because he says in Psalm 46, verse 10, do what? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. This is a time when you're still, when you're talking with him, when you're reading his word, when you're listening for his voice. By the way, listen, I'm trying to help you here, okay? Some of you, when we talk about hearing from God, you're puzzled by that. The reason you're puzzled by that is because you're not doing this. The reason many times that we're not hearing the voice of the Lord is because we're trying to catch Him on the go. Now, I just said that 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says we should walk with God on the go. Amen? But unfortunately for many of us, that's all we're depending on. So here's what I believe the Lord had me share with you. If you will do that first one, never stop praying, it will help you moment by moment to make the daily decisions and it will help you with the daily interactions that you are having in your life. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? If you'll do that first one, then God will walk with you throughout the day and help you with everything that you are coming into contact with throughout your day. If you will do the second one, be devoted, have some devoted time with God, it will help you to do the first one 
Okay, so I begin my day with the Lord, focusing on Him. Now I am walking, I'm, I have opened myself up to Him. Now I'm able to walk in His Spirit. And not only that, not only does it help you to have that daily walk, but that devoted time really gives you a bigger picture of what God's doing that the daily walk can't. I mean, it's really hard for me to get very profound while I'm uh, frustrated, you know, with a traffic light. Amen? I mean, when I say, dear Lord, please let that light stay green. I mean, that's just not going very deep spiritually, is it? I mean, when I say, thank you, Lord, that it did turn green, I mean, that's praise. When I say, Lord, I hear that ambulance, please help that person. I hope that they know you. Please spare their life. I mean, that's prayer, isn't it? But it's not really going deep, is it? Okay, see the difference? Now, guys... If we, as a church family, become a people that take this seriously, I shudder to think what God can do. I'm not kidding you. If we would say, Dear God, I don't know how to do this, but I want to. Will you help me? And we take that seriously, I guarantee you, God will do more than any of us ever dared to imagine he could do through a group of people. Do you believe that? And again, I think that daily scheduled time is really the key. In fact, let me read to you out of uh, an example of Jesus doing that. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. In Mark 1, 35, actually verses 35 through 39, it says, In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place... There's that quiet place. Some people call it a quiet time. And he was praying there. Simon, or Peter, and his companions, companions searched for him. Sounds a lot like some of you moms, right? <laughs> I tried to go have some time with the Lord, and here comes the kiddo searching for me like Peter. Amen? And they found him, just like the kid, and said to him, Everyone is looking for you, just like the kid. And he said, like you, let us go somewhere else. Now, he said, let us go somewhere else in the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. And he went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. Now, I think that is very cool. What it's showing us is that Jesus, because he got up and he spent time with the Father, he, he knew what his purpose was, and he was able to rise beyond the, the demands of daily life and even the expectations of people and he even said no to some good things because he knew what the father had for him and he fulfilled that purpose isn't that cool by the way if you need some help getting started we've got some things online you can go on our website under the resources tab and and there's some different resources. Now, there's lots, there's a thousand different resources, but we've given you some there online. There's uh, the Word of Life Quiet Time Journal. There's uh, Our Daily Bread is a little booklet that a lot of you guys use. There's In Touch Magazine. It's a great little devotional by uh, Dr. Charles Stanley that maybe some of you listen to his radio program. We've also listed a couple of study Bibles. There's the MacArthur Study Bible by the well-known pastor and author John MacArthur. There's the Woman Study Bible, which, by the way, if I were a woman, I would probably, and I still look at it a lot, because it's probably, the Woman Study Bible is probably the best study Bible I've ever seen. And I'm a closet reader when Shannon's not looking, all right? <laughs> it's good. There's some good resources that can help you. 
to develop that time with the Lord. Church family, over these next few weeks, I'm going to challenge you to resist and urge. Okay, now, please listen. Our leaning, even when we're hungry or searching spiritually, is to focus on what relates to me personally and directly. Isn't that our leaning? My leaning is to focus on the most pressing things in my life. My growth, my attitude, my finances, my relationships, and how God's going to help me with those things in my life. Isn't that the case? And thank God that He does help me in my life and my struggles. But I've got a secret for you, okay? Your growth, your development... Your victory does not all come from directly focusing on what you need. There are some other things that God wants to do in your life that you might have never thought of. But listen, once you get on board with the Lord in those areas, you will see improvement in your life. You'll see your life continuing to discover the purpose that God has for you, but you will also, in the process, be a part of something greater than yourself. Amen? And you'll be a part of the plan and purpose of God, and you'll be a part of a family that's making a difference for the Lord. Tonight, specifically, what we're talking about is maybe the most important. We're talking about prayer. Do you know, do you believe that our ministry together is absolutely critical? Our ministry of prayer. Tonight, would you say, you know what, I can't do everything. But I can do something. And here is God, my church family can count on me. And you know what's cool about the Lord? He is the sovereign God, amen? And He knows what He's putting on your heart. And you know what? What he's putting on your heart, he's not putting on my heart. He's putting something else on my heart. And he just knows how to put Robbie in the right place and you in the right place in a church family together. And if you listen to his call and I listen to his call, amazing things happen and all of his work gets done. And especially tonight, my challenge to you is this. Will you say, dear God, the first step in my life I don't know how to do this, God, but I want to carve out some special space for you, God, every single day to spend time with you. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Robbie, I I can't really get involved with the rest of you guys because I'm not even sure if I know the Lord. Tonight, that's the decision you need to make. You know what's good? What's good news is he wants you to have the same relationship he's given to each one of us. He wants you to be a part of that work just like the rest of us. He wants you to be a part of something greater than yourself and discover his purpose for your life. And you know what you can do tonight? You can call upon him. Just like so many people. I just visited with someone this week. Several people are going to get baptized in a few weeks. Praise the Lord. Many people are giving their life to Jesus. And one precious lady shared with me that it was a couple of weeks ago in this very service that she said, Dear Jesus... I know that I'm a sinner and I need you to come into my life and wash my sins away and I accept your gift of salvation. 
Maybe that will be you tonight. As we close out the service tonight, I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff to come and lead us in a closing song of worship. Before we do that, we're going to stand together in just a moment. We're going to sing a closing song. But I want you to give the Lord that opportunity. Maybe you just need to stay in your seat and just mark that. Count me in. God, you're speaking to my heart. This is what God's saying to me. Maybe you need to kneel by your chair and pray. Maybe you need to come forward and pray. Maybe you need to talk with me. I'm glad to to help you with that tonight. Pastor Chris, I think he's over on this side. If you want to just talk with someone else, Pastor Chris is over here tonight. Let's bow before the Lord. Father, we thank you for teaching us tonight because we don't know how to live unless you show us. God, there is something about prayer that we fight in our own personal lives. And as a church body, we will do anything and everything but that. It seems so simple, but we run. Please forgive us. And God, I know my heart, even right now, and I know across this room, as I've heard messages and challenges of this kind of nature before, the enemy wants to come along and spread guilt and shame, and someone wants to feel so terrible about having been praying. God, just let all that be thrown away tonight. And just let someone just be hungry for you tonight. And just ready to move forward and take a step. And to be a part of a great work that you're doing, that we would be a house of prayer that would touch the nations. Lord, if there is someone here tonight that's not sure where they stand with you, help them to know that, God, it starts with prayer, with a prayer. Dear Jesus, please save me, forgive me. I want to be your child tonight. Lord, we'd be glad to help them tonight. Give us that opportunity, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.